So in order to understand the fundamentals of neuroscience, we first need to understand what exactly a neuron is. Essentially, a neuron is a specialized kind of cell. Um, it is derived from a stem cell, uh, which differentiates into a neuron. And this occurs by the activation of specific genes and the repression of other genes. And the exact mechanism and uh, the genes or the transcription factors which are activated or repressed are um, another topic that I can probably cover in a different podcast. But essentially, the idea is that this uh, growing stem cell differentiates into a different kind of cell known as a neuron. Now, we need to understand exactly the structure of a neuron and how this its structure contributes to its function. To do that, let me first describe how a neuron looks like. Looks like. Broadly speaking, a neuron looks, you can imagine a star with a protruding end at the back. So it's this sort of star-shaped body with an elongated tail um, and that's broadly what a neuron would look like. And this neuron has several different parts that are each unique to their function. So let's delve straight into the parts. Firstly, there's the soma or the cell body. This is essentially the center of the star. And essentially, the soma carries out the body's basic metabolic functions. So, for example, respiration, producing ATP to provide energy, um, packaging and secreting vesicles, which contain, chem- which contain chemicals or neurotransmitters uh, to be released outside the cell, or even the uptaking of certain fluids or chemicals into the cell. So these um, basic metabolic functions, including, for example, gene transcription and uh, digestion of certain substances, um, all of that occurs in the cell body. And this part is essentially the same or very similar to most other cells in the sense that it has a nucleus, it has mitochondria, it has a Golgi body, endoplasmic reticulum, and all the various cell organelles that are present in most or are present in pretty much all cells. And the next part I'll be talking about is specific to neurons. So this part is called uh, dendrites. And if you think about uh, the star analogy, these dendrites are essentially the protruding points of the star. Uh, So they're near the cell body and they're sort of sticking out like branches. Um, And this sticking out allows uh, these branches uh, that are a part of the neuron to connect to a variety of other neurons. And... So therefore, the purpose of these uh, connections and the purpose of these protrusions is to receive electrical signals from another cell or or from various other neurons. Therefore, by making many connections, dendrites can receive electrical impulses from a variety of different neurons. And this allows it to process and transmit information, as we'll see in later podcasts. But because the purpose of a neuron is to fire and to transmit information through electrical impulses, these dendrites ha- uh, have the role of receiving these impulses that allow it to then propagate it on to either a muscle to execute a particular function or to other neurons along well it connects along a neural pathway. Next is the axon. Again, this is very specific to a neuron. And the axon is a long protrusion I was talking about. It's kind of like an extending tail from the star. And and axons can be very long. In fact, the longest axon extends from the spinal cord to the big toe of each foot. Uh, but axons can also be very small. So they vary in size quite a bit. And you might wonder why 
are axons long? What's the purpose? Well, to understand this, we first need to know the function of the axon. So essentially, the axon propagates the action potential, which is the electrical signal, from one neuron to another. Um, so in order for efficient transmission, axons need to be long. Because if they weren't long, then axons... then an electrical signal would have to go through multiple neurons in order to reach an effector muscle. And this makes it very inefficient as it slows down the process. While if it goes simply along one axon, the action potential does not have to cross through multiple neurons, and therefore the efficiency of transmission is much faster. And uh, as humans, uh, through the flight-or-flight response and uh, the reflex response and certain other uh, functions, it's important to function efficiently. It's important to get messages across quickly. And that's kind of the function of the axon. So it propagates the action potential from one neuron to another. And the axon is covered by a specific uh, feature called the myelin sheath. And the myelin sheath is essentially made up of fat, and it insulates the electrical impulse. And by providing this insulation, it allows the electrical impulse to travel much faster than it otherwise would. This is because it retains the impulse within the axon instead of allowing it to get lost externally. The myelin sheath also lowers the capacitance of the neuron and this is the capacitance is basically the capacity of a neuron to contain electrical charge and by lowering this it forces the axon to propagate the electrical signal from one area to the next and this again speeds up transmission which makes neurons uh, a lot more efficient and uh, the myelin sheath actually so it's kind of like a covering surrounding the axon and it has breaks uh, in regular it has regular breaks in certain regions and these breaks are called nodes of Ranvier. And the nodes of Ranvier allow the electrical signal to be maintained because if there were no nodes of Ranvier, the signal would die, would die out as it goes along the axon. Thus, in order to maintain a consistent action potential, uh, these breaks are needed, which allows ion movements to maintain the electrical impulse that is passing along the axon. And these, the details of these ion movements will be covered in another podcast, but essentially... The myelin sheath and the nodes of the myelin sheath speeds up neural transmission, while the nodes of Ranvier allow the action potential to be maintained consistently. And in fact, the the deadly disease multiple sclerosis is actually a result of the degradation of the myelin sheath. So intuitively, uh, degrading the myelin sheath would result in slower transmission or a lot weaker transmission, which would result in difficulty in communication between the brain and the body which would result in difficult movements and other neurological deficits. And that's kind of how uh, multiple sclerosis works. As the myelin sheath gets degraded, it's tougher for neurons to pass along impulses through along each other. And because of this, the body tends to be work a lot less efficiently. And this function really hinders development and normal day-to-day activities, which is why it's such a, such a terrible disease. And because the myelin sheath actually also protects the neurons from, from disruption by external electrical impulses or electrical activity, um, degradation of the myelin sheath would also eventually cause deterioration of neurons themselves, resulting in permanent neurological damage. 
Now, as we move along the axon, we eventually reach the axon terminal. The name is pretty self-explanatory. It's basically the end of the axon. And this leads into the synaptic cleft. And essentially, the axon terminal, similar to the dendrites, protrudes out and connects to several different dendrites. And you can imagine it sort of as a very short fork or like multiple folds that connect to dendrites. And essentially here is where neurotransmitters are released or electrical impulses are passed along to the dendrite of another neuron. So um, as the electrical impulse nears its end of a neuron, it reaches the axon terminal through which it gets passed on to the next neuron. And this is important for communication between neurons, as I've mentioned earlier. And this leads us to one of our final structures, which is called the synapse. And essentially from the axon terminal, neurotransmitters or electrical impulses get passed along to the dendrites of the next neuron and the whole process repeats again. So essentially this a synapse is the gap between two neurons through which communication takes place. And you might be wondering why do we need a gap for that to happen? Why can't cells just communicate with each other by connecting to each other directly? Well, this is essentially because leaving a gap there allows for neuromodulation and it allows for several neurons to communicate with one neuron at the same time. So imagine this, the dendrite has specific neurotransmitter receptors. A neurotransmitter is a substance that passes on an electrical signal, by the way. So a dendrite has certain neurotransmitter receptors and it would be inefficient to have specific receptors for every single dendrite that it connects to. Instead, having a gap uh, would allow all the neurotransmitters to blend together in the same area and bind to receptors as per their own wish. And this makes it a lot easier for dendrites to utilize, the, reuse the same receptors for all the synapses that it connects to. And because of the plastic nature of neural connections and how neural connections keep changing over time, which is probably, again, something I'll cover later. Um, it is important to maintain this sort of cohesive, uh, singular reception from dendrites, and this can be achieved through this gap. It also allows for unidirectional transmission because if there were no gap and if the two neurons were connected directly, it would be possible that the postsynaptic neuron, which is the neuron that is on the receiving end of the electrical impulse, would accidentally or it could propagate signals to the presynaptic neuron. And this could create a lot of confusion because then electrical signals would be able to go both ways. And that would make it a lot more difficult for humans to function effectively. So because all neurotransmitters from various different neurons all release their substances in the same cleft, in the same area. They're all sort of competing against each other. And this allows for neuromodulation, which, uh, which is essentially the altering of the probability that a neuron will fire and is a key player in decision-making and neural function. So again, just to iterate and just to be very clear, the synapse is a gap between the presynaptic neuron, which sends the electrical impulse, and the postsynaptic neuron which receives the electrical impulse and through this gap electrical impulses can be passed along either via neurotransmitters which are special uh, chemical substances that transmit information or it can be passed along directly through an electrical impulse 
And lastly, there's another term called a synaptic cleft. It's very interchangeable with the synapse, but um, I suppose the major difference would be that a synapse is more broadly speaking of it could be a synapse connecting with several dendrites, but a synaptic cleft is more specific to the synapse connecting with one dendrite. So I guess that would be a distinction, but um, that isn't really important. Uh, essentially, the idea is that it allows for the transmission of signals. So overall, just to recap really quickly, the cell body carries out metabolic functions, dendrites receive electrical signals, axon propagate electrical signals, myelin sheath. Uh, ensure speedy transmission of electrical signals. Nodes of Ranvier allow the action potential strength to be maintained. Axon terminal transfers electrical signal to the next neuron. And the synapse is the gap connecting two neurons, which allows the diffusion of neurotransmitters or the transmission of electrical signals.